Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Ethan Dodgen and welcome to Tech Talk with Ethan, the theater podcast where we discuss all things behind the scenes. I'm a junior at Renaissance High School for the Arts in Long Beach, California. I started the show to learn from working professionals in the theater industry and I invite you to join me as we talk tech. Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk with Ethan. And today I'm here with Stephanie Spangler, who is the head of wardrobe at the Metropolitan Opera. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me today. Thanks no for problem. having me. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm the head of wardrobe at the Metropolitan Opera. I um, have been working there for two seasons. And previously, I worked for Blue Man Group in New York and Boston. Um, and I've been doing wardrobe for a couple, uh, I'd say 20 years nice. now. How, how does someone become the head of head, head of that department? So I started doing um, costume crafts in high school for high school shows. And then when I was in college, I majored in theater studies with a focus on costuming. And I started doing internships. And then I got my first um, backstage dressing job when I was in college working for Blue Man Group in Boston. And I've just pursued dressing for my my career. And I've um, spent a lot of time pursuing um, supervisor roles. So I was able to go from being a part-time dresser to a lead dresser to a supervisor at Blue Man. And then a couple of years ago, I transitioned to my position as the head of wardrobe at the Met. So it's a lot of time and it's a lot of patience and a lot of putting yourself out there for work. Definitely. Then, and that, that's a big, that's a big role, you know, as we all know, right? If you've ever been to the Met, I never have, but um, uh, yes, very big, very big role. How, how do you keep track of everything in that role? So it's a big job. And I, I work with a lot of really talented dressers. Um, for folks who aren't familiar with the Met Opera, you can um, stream daily um, operas for free from the website. And that'll give you a, an idea of what the scale and scope of the operas are. Um, we do operas with as many as 250 people on stage. Um, so that's a minimum of 250 costumes. So for shows like that, I sometimes have 43 dressers working backstage to manage wow. the different areas. Um, it's a lot of organization and a lot of um, tracking your performers. So if you've done any shows in school, you know that you have your principal performers and then you have your chorus and ensemble. And for opera, we have what are basically actors and extras who are called supernumeraries. Um, and I have a different wardrobe supervisor who manages each of those dressing areas. So there's six wardrobe supervisors total. Nice. How, how big is how big is the space that you the where the costumes are? Well, the stage at the Met itself, I'd say it's bigger than a football field, maybe a football field and a half. Um, and then all of our spaces are sort of in like a beehive around the backstage. So mm -hmm. it's, it's fairly big. We have in our chorus, a hundred um, chorus members who are full-time, 50 men, 50 women. Wow. Um, so they're always there and we're always, I have um, pretty large crews of people who work with those performers and who dress them regularly. And something that's interesting about the Met Opera, which might be unusual for a lot of places is that we do opera in repertory. So what that means is that on any given week during our 33 week season, when we're open, you can see up to four different operas over seven days. Wow. So that means that we're constantly loading opera in and loading out. So we're, we're, we'll do a rehearsal for an opera in the morning. 
we break it completely down and then we load in a show for seven o'clock every night. So that's it's quite crazy. a lot of coordination. Yeah, that, that, that's a fat, that's a fast amount of time to, you know, go one show, you know, to rehearsal to, you know, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. It takes a, an enormous amount of people. It takes a lot of coordination and communication and, you know, people have to be quick, but good and, 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 you know, prepared for their jobs to pull that off. It's pretty amazing. Definitely. Yeah. What would you say is the hardest part of your job as the head? Um, sometimes it's just a matter of time, just not having enough hours in the day to complete all of the tasks on my to-do list. There's a lot that's concurrently going on. Like I said, we do multiple operas in a week up to four, and we're usually rehearsing two other ones. So managing all of the costumes and all of the quick changes and all of the choreography that happens behind the scenes is probably the hardest part. Nice. Have you, have you, are you one of those people who, you know, makes a huge list and, you know, checks everything off as you go along or how, how do you manage that? I mean, when you're multitasking with so many different projects, like you just sort of have different, at least I do, I just have different um, to-do lists for each for each individual to, like project that I'm working mm -hmm. on. So if I'm yeah. working on multiple operas at a time, I kind of have to manage it and I have to, you know, time management is really important and being able to prioritize is super important, mm -hmm. you know. What I need to do for the evening's opera is always going to take precedence over what I need to do for tomorrow. Definitely. For sure. How, how many operas have you been working on simultaneously at the same time? So um, we could, like I said, we could do up to four that are on the main stage for performance. And then we can be um, rehearsing on stage during the week, two different operas. And then sometimes we have additionally in our studio spaces, maybe three more. So we could be concurrently working on 10 different operas within a week. Wow. And there's always planning for what's coming in in the upcoming week. So really, mm. like once you sort of kick off a season, you're probably managing about 10 different operas and rep at a time, sometimes more, sometimes less. How long do seasons run? They're 33 weeks. We usually open um, in the like mid to end of September and then we go through the middle of May. So it's That's 33 weeks and we do 26 different operas in that time. Wow, that's 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 just amazing how yeah. how that comes together so fast and you know new things come up, old things go down and just a flow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. There's um, some very cool. Um, you can find them online on YouTube. There are some cool time lapse videos where you mm -hmm. can watch the turnaround of the shows in a time lapse. So you can watch what happens over forty eight hours in about two minutes. It's very cool. That's awesome. Um, so, so your job at the Met is to basically, as a head, to make sure costumes are, you know, in, in line and, you know, in the right places, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's a little more detailed than that. There's a lot of communication that happens before a show opens with the costume shop, and there's a lot of communication with designers. Um, and then once we actually hit rehearsal on stage, there's a lot of rehearsing quick changes and reviewing different dressing tracks. Whenever you watch anything on that's live and there, you see costume changes or you, you don't see them when you're in the house, but you see the performers come out in a different outfit, it's my crew who would be backstage changing them. And sometimes you have 15 minutes for a change and sometimes you have 30 seconds. So it's managing the timing for that as well. So you have a crew backstage that, that does those changes for the actors? 
Exactly, exactly. So you have to, depending on how many performers you have, will dictate how many dressers you have for a show. And if you have um, a lot of quick changes that happen very quickly, you'll need more people to facilitate them so that you can get them done in the time that you have allotted. Definitely. Do you get to choose your crew for that? Like pick people who you think will be best? Yeah, so we we have a pretty set crew for our staff positions, and then we have a group of guarantees. And for the most part, because performers like to work with familiar faces and dressers like to work with performers, mm-hmm. you build a very strong rapport. We do tend to hire the same um, dressers for the same performers, but um, it sometimes, like I said, I have if I have a show where there's only eleven people on stage, then I only really need about six or seven dressers. But if I'm doing a show like Aida, where I have two hundred and fifty people on stage, wow. then I need forty three dressers back there working together. Yeah, two hundred forty three—that's a big number to wrap your head around. It's pretty big. Yeah, the, the shows are are pretty huge, and um, you know, I urge you to to look at like some of the YouTube videos and look up Aida or Turando and you'll see all of those bodies on stage. It's really quite amazing. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some videos, but I've, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, go and see, see a show there. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Hopefully when we reopen, you'll be yes. there. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, in this time of pandemic, how, how has that affected your, your job? Well, so it's affected the industry across the board, right? Because we haven't been able to, put on live performance in the way that we're used to. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of companies that are doing really great in innovative um, productions and the Met has adapted to doing digital concerts. Um, but so the work is different because there's not as much happening. So there's not as much, um, uh, the shows that, that people are able to do aren't as large. Um, so it, yeah, so obviously COVID has taken a very big toll on the performing arts and arts industry in general. Mm-hmm, for sure. I, I, have you guys been able to do anything like online or is that not even possible at the scale you yeah. guys are at? Yep, we've been doing a pay-per-view concert series and we it's very cool because we have international artists who perform from all over the world and um, it, it, they're able to, through technology, we're able to have a host in New York and performers in different parts of Europe and put on a live pay-per-view concert in real time and there will actually be one this coming Saturday nice what 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 is your role in those as do you have a role in those I do yeah I I dress our local host here in New York Um, we haven't had any performers here in New York just um, they've all been international actually so I will Mm -hmm. work and dress our host on Saturdays and we do our concerts live nice I'll be backstage in the studio working with um, working with our performers yeah that's awesome. That's cool that you can still, you know, do do some do some interaction, you know, of course, social distanced. Um, but uh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. And I there's and you know, TV and film are able to go back in a in a different way because they're able to monitor set safety in a different mm-hmm. way because there's no outside audience. Um, you know, this has been a difficult time, but I definitely think it's really showcased people's um innovation in the definitely. field. For sure. For sure. Um, have you so um, you worked on many shows with them, correct? Yeah. Could you could you talk about some of those shows? Yeah, sure. Um, I well, I'll I'll and rather than speak specifically to shows, just in case we don't have a ton of opera fans in the or or opera um, aficionados in the audience, um, I'll say some of the cool things that happen at the Met is that we do new productions every season, and so what I enjoy about the new productions is that we get to create our 
are new tracks and the costumes are new to us. And it can be really exciting to figure out in real time what it's going to look like to actually pull off a show. Mm -hmm. And the other cool thing about the Met is that we do things in what's called repertory. And what that means is that there are shows that they've been doing for 30 years and the same costumes are coming out of costume storage when we redo the show and remount it. And so that can be really fun because you're bringing back favorites and like relearning old tracks. So yeah. the familiarity is really nice. Nice, definitely. Are you, are you, are you find yourself, you know, backstage doing a show, you know, like you, you hear the track, right? And you, I'm seeing you hear, you know, many, many times doing the, you know, run of the show. Do you find yourself, you know, like humming along to it, you know, and getting the show tune? Absolutely. I worked for Blue Man Group for many years before coming to the Met, and I've done probably 3,000 live performances for Blue Man Group. Wow. So every time I hear certain parts of music, I can, in my brain and in my muscle memory, know, like, this is when I have to go to do XQ. <laughs> yep. Definitely. So you were with Blue Man Group as well as before mm -hmm. Met. What was your role there? I was the wardrobe and makeup supervisor for the New York show. Nice. That's awesome. That, 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 that's going from, you know, that smaller scale, I'm guessing, you know, it's right. How do they? Yeah, because there's three performers in every show and three band members in every show at Blue Man versus, like I said, there can be up to 250 people. Definitely. Um, yeah, at the Met. So it's, it's different. Nice. Do you, do, do, did you, have you, do you enjoy both or did you, do you want to pick one or the other? Like, what was your preference? What do you mean? Or, or, or what's your, did you, did you enjoy your time there and you wanted to move on to Met or you just got this job and you were like, let's go this new thing? Well, I had been at Blue Man for 17 years and had started as a part-time dresser in college and then was supervising my department in New York. So um, I loved working there. I was there for a very long time and enjoyed the community greatly. Um, and then this other position by found it, became available, and it was like a very um, serendipitous next step in, in pursuing the next phase of my career. You know, it's like once you do something for a long time, the challenges of the work change, and so you want a bigger challenge. Definitely, for sure. What would you say is the most challenging part of being the head? Um... I guess it would just be the coordination of all of the people that I need to manage for any given day for rehearsals and for performances. You know, it, it's a, the schedule can be very, um, it can, it can be a long day. And when, if you have somebody call out because they get sick or there's an emergency, sometimes it can be a little bit stressful to try to fill somebody in at the very last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, really just navigating schedules and and trying to always fit the right dressers to the right shows I would say for sure that seems that you will sort of like a stage manager where you know you keep keeping track of you know people and things at the same time kind of I, in all of my work I've always you know my position communicates very heavily with stage management because we're always coordinating and something that I think maybe sometimes folks who don't do um, backstage work or maybe they don't think about is how connected we are to the performers. So we are just tracking their time constantly. And when we're assigned to addressing individual people, we have to know their stage 
choreography and their stage action so that we know where to meet them. We know how long it takes to get them ready and we know how to escort them to another side. And, you know, those are some of the things that I love about being backstage with the performers are those like intimate moments of like kind of being um, a human mirror for somebody and, and, and having the trust of making sure that they look just perfect when they go out on stage. Exactly. That, that's very important, of course. How, how, so I'm guessing the costumes are very elaborate. How, what's, what's the most elaborate thing you've worked with? I mean, all of the costumes at the Met are extremely elaborate. When we do period pieces um, like Turando or this year when we did a production called Queen of Spades, we were working with um, period um, panniers for our chorus ladies. And I don't do hair and makeup, but the women um, in the chorus were wearing these um, wigs that are about three feet tall and, and we're trying to coordinate with hair and makeup, getting them into their dresses and in change mm -hmm. booths. Um, that kind of stuff can be really awesome. And, and truly the, the handiwork and the craftsmanship on the costumes are so, it's just so gorgeous. And the Met really does uphold like a standard to not only being historically act, accurate, but also um, using the right fabrics. And, and there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into those costumes. And we probably move about over, uh, over 10,000 pieces a year. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So for, so for like costumes, right? Like you're doing a show, where, where do you guys get these costumes? Do you have a rack or? Well, so we have an in-house costume shop. So I co coordinate with our costume head and our costume, our in-house costume design team very often. We keep what we need for a given part of the season on the premises. And then most, um, most things in repertory are in storage. It's just way, it, I mean, you, it's thousands and thousands yeah, yeah. of racks of costumes. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you have to for, for, you know, for, for shows that size. Yeah, because I mean, not every show, I, I mean, even if, if you have, let's say a hundred people in a show, that's at least a hundred costumes, but most productions involve changes. What, what you're wearing in act one, you're likely not wearing in act two. And you're, you'll, at most, most operas, I would say that people have, performers have about three costume changes is average. Okay, yeah. That's, that's not too, it's not, it depends on the costume, I guess, right? Doesn't seem too bad, but, you know. Well, I think when you think of contemporary clothing, it's not so much. But when you're, when you're talking about period um, costumes, it's, it's quite a lot. Like you could take up a rack, a whole rack for two people based on how many pieces go into it. So that it's, it's pretty cumbersome. You have to be strong to push those racks of costumes around. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what does a normal show day look like for you and your team? So a normal, a normal day for us, most days we have a 10 a.m. rehearsal and we usually wrap that up at around two. Um, my crew will then turn over the morning rehearsal and, and break down that rehearsal, those rehearsal costumes and then prep for a seven or 7.30 showtime. And so we get in at the half hour and um, we have half hour to dress for the first act. And then um, during a show run, it depends on what track you're doing, but sometimes you can be very, very busy backstage. And sometimes you can have plenty of time to knit a scarf while you're waiting for your performer to come off stage because opera is long. Yes, 
Yes. So it's like I said, this part, there's sometimes there's a lot of waiting time between, between things on stage. Yeah, because I, I mean, sometimes a stage action can take an hour and, you know, your, your performers are on stage for that whole hour. So you're just waiting for them to return from stage so you can dress them uh -huh. in their next, in their next costume. Yeah. And, and, and that was a very long time to be, be before me. That seems, you know, Opera performers are incredibly dedicated to their craft and it is hard work to be out there singing. And something that I think is really cool that people might not know is that at the Met, we, we tend to not mic our performers. So they're filling that space organically with their own vocal ability, which I think is really incredible. Definitely, for sure. For sure, that's very incredible. Um, uh, let's see. So, so for... For, for, for your team, you said you have how many people on your team? Um, I have about, um, I would say about 23 who are regular in a full-time capacity and about 55 plus who are when you make up the per diems. Mm -hmm. So maybe around 55 over the course of the season. Okay, so, so those are, sometimes those are regulars and sometimes those are new people. In. Yeah, it just depends on how many people are in an opera. So I always have about 23 on hand. And then if we do, we're doing something really huge, we're kind of doubling that. For sure. As we wrap it up here, what what was some advice you would give to young the, theatrical artists or, you know, people who want to do uh, What would you say to them? Well, I, I, a couple of things. I think if you're passionate about the work that you're doing in your classes and your in, in the work that you're doing at school. I think it's really important to pursue those passions. Um, I think that sometimes we think that what we wanna do is the thing that we wanna do, but I say be really open to all aspects of working in the arts because you could be really surprised by what interests you. Um, I also think that it's really important to make connections and to do informational interviews, much like we're doing together tonight. I think that's a great way to get to know people who are in the industry so that you can set up internships for yourselves and also um, like, you know, beginner jobs. I think that's really important. And I think it's just really important to have a good attitude and a strong work ethic and to value working collaboratively. For sure, those are, those are all great things. So, you know, young artists out there, take that into account um, and, uh, you know, pursue what you want to pursue. But thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It was very nice to talk to you also. No problem. And tune in next week for our last episode of Tech Talk with Ethan. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye.